Hello. In today's episode, we are talking about flow. You know that awesome feeling when you're totally in the zone. Our special guest, Jared Weintraub, an industrial organizational psychologist and longtime friend of the podcast, has done lots of research on this topic, and we are dying to know about what companies can do to help us get in the flow, get into, into the zone. Welcome to Work at Life. This is a show for everyone who believes that work should be just as fulfilling as life outside of work, and that the way to get there is through building more human workplaces. I'm Maddie Grant, a culture designer and co-founder of a culture consulting firm called Propel, and I'm your co-host alongside my fabulous friend, Sonia Lucina, an organizational psychologist heading up the workforce division at Question Pro. Hey, Jared. So happy to have you on the podcast. Um, why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners to, to kick us off? Sounds great. And thank you so much for having me, Maddie. I'm so excited to be here. Um, after all of these years of knowing each other, it's very exciting. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Jared Weintraub. I'm an industrial organizational psychologist. I received, or I guess I could say I earned my uh, PhD from Hofstra University. Um, and during my graduate um, work, I started to study flow at work and it, um, basically, especially looking at how mindfulness and flow kind of go together, as well as how we can use technology based nudges to nudge people to develop habits that can help them experience these states um, at the right time in the right place um, while they're at work and, and elsewhere as well. Um, and I also founded a, um, a coaching and uh, organizational consulting firm called The Flow Group. Um, so I'm happy to be here and excited to talk about uh, flow at work. Yes, so awesome. So you, you, are, um, you are definitely an expert on this. And I love the technology angle, too. We'll definitely see if we can get into that. But before we start with our usual data point, um, why don't you define what flow is for us, just so we know we're all on the same page? Absolutely. So flow um, is basically the, the state of being in the zone. So a lot of people are more familiar with, with that than the, the concept of flow. But uh, it, it, basically, this is the idea of being really focused. You block out all distractions. Um, time often feels like it's moving at a different pace. So often in the workplace, it will feel like time's moving a lot faster. So if you're writing a report or, um, you know, doing a PowerPoint presentation, you'll look up from your computer and be like, oh, wow, like this felt like it was 10 minutes, but it's been two hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so flow, yeah. So that's like often a really good indicator that you've been in, in a state of flow. Um, you lose um, like self-consciousness. So you're really not worried about how you're feeling in the moment or how you're doing. You feel really in control. Um, you have clear goals. The, the activity that you're doing has a good balance of challenge and skill. So um, basically, if you have too much challenge and too little skill, then you'll feel like really overwhelmed or, ang or anxious. If you have yeah. a high degree of skill and low challenge, you'll often feel like apathetic or bored. So flow happens when you feel a high degree of both, you know, challenge and skill at a good balance. Um, and you also just feel really good. It's there's this idea of an intrinsic reward. Basically, you know, it feels good 
just because you're doing it and not because of some external goals that you have in mind. Um, so that's why people will often feel it when they're, you know, performing or playing a game or something like that. Um, and so that is the, the concept of flow that we're here to talk about today. Awesome. It's so fascinating, right? So Sonia, um, why don't you share our data point? Cause that's also fascinating. <laughs> yes. And I do have to admit, Jared, that when we were talking about, you know, having you on the show and this topic, like selfishly, I was so incredibly excited because I'm passionate about all the topics that we talk about. Of course, this one, I feel like I'm the worst at. It is an area that is such a developmental opportunity for me. So I was just like a little kid, like, oh, I can't wait to learn. I can't wait to have this conversation because I think it's so important. And I think my like desire to be good at it and actual performance today is like so far apart from each other. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for all the knowledge you're about to bring on. So in Absolutely. the data point, <laughs> in um, we asked 300 workers across the United States how often do you feel in flow at work, meaning that you were deeply and positively engrossed in what you were doing? So about 50% said often, 32% or just a, about around a third said sometimes, 17% said rarely, and only 2% said never. And when I was looking at this data point, I thought, oh, 50% said often, how lucky are these people? What do they do? How do they do it? Like, is this normal? Like, I don't know if I had to quantify, I would probably, if I had to take this, I would say sometimes or rarely, like maybe I would have to, you know, think through it. But, you know, the good news for the humanity is I'm a sample size of one and it seems like others are doing much better than me when you so my my original reaction when I saw this was a little bit of surprise and a little bit of envy maybe of our you know survey takers when you saw this data point was this surprising to you is this what you would expect to like how what was your initial reaction to it um I think I was actually more surprised by the people who said never because I think Mm -hmm. that well, in the research, basically, we see that the workplace is actually one of the most common places that people do experience flow. So mm-hmm. it's not that surprising mm-hmm. to me. Um, I guess it's more surprising, like the frequency is a little bit more surprising as far as like often versus maybe sometimes is concerned. That's yeah. that's really a positive, um, a positive data point that I think is, is great. But um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it, it it's got to vary for for people depending on their personality and their and their environment. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with that fifty percent. To be honest with you, I I would yeah. I would have thought it was maybe uh, less than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's good that people are for the most part feeling it sometimes or or more. So I'll I'll, yeah. I'll take it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I do feel it sometimes, but for me, it has a lot to do with my um, optimal work time, which happens to be like in the middle of the night. (laughs) Mm -hmm, So it's not really mm -hmm. at work. It's more like working, but you know, late at night after dinner, I'm, I'm, I can not focus on emails, right. I can put down Mm -hmm. all those distractions and then I can write 
an article or, you know, it's always about writing for, with me, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But that's when I get in that zone that I really love. And then, of course, mm -hmm. I don't get enough sleep, which is a whole nother different topic of conversation. Right. Well, they are related. They are related for <laughs> sure. So, you know, flow is, you know, you feel like it's effortless when it's happening. But the reality is that it's actually taking a lot of effort. You just don't really realize it. Um, and so I think, you know, you feel flow or are more likely to feel flow when you are like optimally ready for the day and also are in your optimal time of day. So that's a, that's totally a thing as far as like when people oh, do okay. their best work. <laughs> and, and I think the work, the traditional work structure is not necessarily like designed in a way that is optimal for individual flow and that like, we have nine to five days, right? And and yeah. like people like you in the, in like a typical corporate environment may not be able to take advantage of that. Right, because we're on Zoom all day, right? Yeah, and, and I after think meeting after meeting. Yeah, and I think flexible work hours is becoming more and more normal, and that helps. I think to to you know allow or facilitate flow for people, um, and. You know, there's all these really positive work outcomes associated with getting into flow, which is why, you know, I got into this in the first place. Why does it really matter? And, you know, we see people experience less stress and are more engaged and perform at a higher level when they are experiencing flow. So this is more evidence or support for like why companies should, you know, be putting these different um, policies in place that can help their people to thrive. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm thinking about like, my distractors and my personality and expectations, right? And so I generally work like a, a nine to six schedule, but not because mm -hmm. my company mandates it. It's because my life in some way mandates it because I have a four-year-old who yeah. wakes up at 6.30, goes to school, then I try to do some exercise. And by then, you know, get ready, the day starts. And then after I get, you know, play with him, dinner, and I, when I put him to bed lately, I've been falling asleep with him at nine. And then I wake up and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, but to both of your points though, like one, one idea that I have been playing with is maybe diversifying my mornings and saying like, now I'm doing yoga every morning, but maybe I do it twice a week. And maybe it's easier if I do yoga in the evenings after Matteo falls asleep versus some of that mindful work. Now, why? I've experimented with like turning off my notifications of my phone, turning off Slack, but it's generally a temporary fix. Like I find it that I still find a way to like get distracted or like have a million meetings. So I think Jared, to your point, like the flexible working schedule, I do wonder if that'll open up really at least some more freedom for people to choose. And maybe some of them will be like me today that are saying, listen, that, that freedom is phenomenal to have, but the other things that are going on in my life are not allowing me to maybe take advantage of it, or they might start to get creative and say, okay, like maybe you know, I don't need to start meetings at nine. Maybe I just really hold myself to starting meetings at 10 every day. And usually people are not that aggressively like, and I'm also like in my time zone, I'm one hour ahead of Eastern time. So people are not messaging me like crazy that early in the morning, but it's maybe a, because it is amazing to be in flow. Like what you're saying, like, I think mm -hmm. just that sense of fulfillment, the joy and like Maddie is smiling for those of you who, who can't <laughs> see her. Um, like that, like the pure, like that was literally like, I love that moment because it was such a pure reaction. Like that smile on your face, Maddie. <laughs> so we need to somehow as a society, find a way to, 
to you know create more flow. Jared, what are some of the things you've seen, whether it's individuals do or organizations do with their culture to try to help their their people find more space for flow? Yeah, so I think everything is a spectrum, right? Like we were talking about earlier before, actually before we started the, the, the podcast, but um, you know, you were asking me about like basically environment versus the individual, right? And I think it's all a spectrum. So autonomy is one example that you kind of touched on um, right before, right? Which is essentially, you know, do you have the ability to kind of make your own decisions about how, when, and like basically how and when you do your work and like, you know, making decision, like decision-making ability essentially. And that's a great thing to have, um, you know, to a certain extent, but if you are a person who needs more structure and your company just like lets you do everything the way that you want to do it, if you don't have that structure and that's the type of personality that you have, then that's actually horrible for flow. Right. <laughs> and so kind of understanding. So, you know, the, the first thing that I would say is like work uh, or job fit, right. Which is just like, are you in the right role for yourself is, is really important because I think the type of work that we do often kind of correlates with like our traits are in it. Like, you know, we, we're drawn to these areas or we've, we've dedicated our work lives to these areas for a reason, right? Something about it. So I think that's the first thing is like the organizational culture and the job functions that you're doing, right? So then if we kind of put those aside. I would say like in general, um, what organizations can do is provide, um, again, there's these three kind of core things that lead to flow, clear goals that challenge skill balance and feedback. And so in my consulting work that, you know, those are the three pillars that I always kind of focus on because I find that if there is a lack of flow or productivity or well-being in an organization, it often comes down to like one or more of those, right? So mm -hmm. first, like, do you know what you need to be doing in your job? Like, what are the expectations of you? And so organizations should be setting those expectations, which seems obvious, but a lot of times they don't, right? Yes. And, yeah. and so setting those clear goals uh, and then setting them at a, a level that has that challenge skill balance. And this is, you know, difficult, but it's something that is really important, right? So are you setting your organizational goals at a level that are actually attainable, challenging yet attainable, right? That's the idea. Yeah. So there, again, there's like a, an upside down U curve here where like similar to the challenge skill balance, there's a, you know, if you make a goal so out there and so mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, aspirational, no one will ever actually um, try because they know that it's impossible, right? And if you make right. it so easy, they're also not going to try because A, they don't want you to make it harder because then they'll have to work harder, but B, <laughs> you know, it's boring. And so you wait to the last minute to, to, to mm -hmm. like try to achieve those goals. So setting them somewhere in the middle there again, for the whole organization that kind of trickles down, um, I think is really important for, for organizations to do as well. And then the third is feedback, right? So like, mm -hmm. do are people actually on the way to um, achieving those goals or not and providing feedback along the way of like, hey, we're behind because of this or like, you're doing great. That feedback is really, really important. Um, and often neglected as well. And that's true for like the different levels of the organization. So this is, you know, we could talk about this, this like how organizations can do this for hours, 
but those three things are true at the organizational level. So, you know, as an organization, we want to sell X amount of units total, but then you got to break it down to the team level too. Okay. Like if this mm -hmm. is the org goal, here's how like the team goal fits into that. Right. And showing, you know, how those trickle down um, and providing those really clear goals at each level. So then the team that then the, the manager should be saying, okay, I'll, you know, if I need to hit this number. That means that each individual needs to hit this number, um, you know, and, and kind of like doing a waterfall effect kind of like that. But then at the managerial level, it becomes more complex, right? You want to kind of understand the individuals, what they're capable of, and then making sure that you're kind of, you know, if I have to sell 100 units this year, but Maddie can sell, you know, way more than I can, uh, you know, then I, I'm going to want to try to personalize those goals a little bit more, if that makes sense, to make sure that everybody feels challenged but not overwhelmed, right? Um, so that's the organizational level, right? And how, what organizations can do as an individual, the same thing is true, right? Clear goals, feedback, challenge, skill balance, but thinking about it from your individual perspective, um, can be really powerful if the organization isn't providing that for you. So I can show up to work. Uh, me and Maddie could have the same job. Maddie sets great goals and gets into flow because she knows like, Hey, I, I need to make 20 phone calls today. And then I might get there and just not know what I'm supposed to do and not set those goals for myself. And we'll have very different days feeling very differently about the situation. So as an individual, you can be proactive in setting these goals for yourself and then giving yourself the feedback about, Hey, like, did I achieve the goals that I wanted to accomplish today or did I, you know, go above and beyond that? Maybe I should make the goal more difficult tomorrow, or maybe I need to make it a little bit less mm -hmm. difficult tomorrow. So that feedback part in my like coaching work, I kind of see as self-reflection as well. So you can get mm -hmm. feedback from your, your boss, you can get feedback from your peers and seeking that out is really important, but also taking a step back and reflecting like, you know, how am I doing against my own goals for myself? and then adjusting based on that. These are all exercises that, again, seem pretty obvious and like nothing is groundbreaking that I'm saying here, but also like how many of us are really doing this every day, like, like I'm describing, right? Well, you know what's so interesting to me about what you're saying is this: these three pillars that you're talking about are so practical, mm -hmm. um, but none of them are the things that one might have thought you needed for flow, like, you know, mm -hmm. a huge reward at the end, or like, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of like, passion, purpose, motivational, you know, message from a mm -hmm. leader, or even like a fear based, like you must do this, or you'll get fired kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like none of those things are part of what you're talking about. Like, I find that just really fascinating. See, I would, I would argue that each of those things are maybe like fall underneath one of these pillars, right? Like I could see like the, the um, inspirational leadership talk, providing clarity on goals and also kind of providing the resources mm -hmm. needed to meet those goals. So like balancing that challenge skill feedback a little bit, uh, challenge skill balance a little bit and even feedback, right? Like 
those inspirational speeches are kind of feedback on like how the firm is doing and what we want to be, you know, doing moving forward. And I think, um, yeah, even the, the like carrot and the stick, right? Those are yeah. going to be things that that kind of adjust that challenge skill feedback, I think, and also make the goals clearer. And the feedback is, I better be doing this or or well, else kind of a thing. What's interesting to me, though, is that a, an individual leader or manager might mm -hmm. say to themselves, I'm, I don't have the personality to make big motivational speeches, right? Mm -hmm. But in fact, if what you're actually trying to do is to set clear goals, you know, that seems much more achievable, no matter what kind of leader you are, <laughs> right? So it's almost like taking away the fear or just hesitation around mm -hmm. trying to be like this inspirational person that gets your whole team like, you know, in the zone. Totally. You know, because some people are just naturally like that, but lots and lots and lots mm -hmm. of leaders are not like that, right? Or not naturally. So I I have a question and I don't know if it's on anybody else's mind from our listeners, but I feel like that person, like in the traditional like conference room, everyone's talking and you have a question. You're like, do I dare raise my hand? Am I going to look stupid? But I'm going with the philosophy that if I have this question, hopefully other people do too. <laughs> so I'm putting my brave pants on. I'm going to ask it. So one of my like continual, um, like things that I'm getting stuck on is like, I, I, I have my calendar in my head and I have this idea that I, to have flow, I need this clearing in my calendar. I need to think, is it is flow tied to individual work? Is it really me in my head doing work? Or is it also possible to be in flow in conversations, like in a collaboration? Like I'm going, because there are certainly days uh, where I go and I'm like, oh, I feel like I just like got this like, you know, black eye because one thing happened and then somebody punched me in the gut and all this is like not actually happening, but it just feels like it. Um, and then I have days actually kind of like today where I'm like, things are good. Like mm -hmm. I woke up and like all these meetings like flowed and they had flowed. Look at that. Um, they had like really good conversations and they left me energized and like things just seem to fall into place, but it's not me by myself. It's not me necessarily providing an output but it is this sensation of like fulfillment and kind of these, but is that a different feeling or am I also experiencing flow <laughs> going through <laughs> meetings and like together with people? <laughs> so yeah, group flow is definitely a thing. Um, like when you think about like a lot of the kind of anecdotes go back to sports, right? Cause it's just a, a lot of people yeah. experience, experience it growing up. Right. Um, and it's just very clear because sports have everything kind of built into it that you need to get into flow like the goal is to score more mm. points it's challenging and you need the skill to meet that challenge and the feedback is like are you scoring or not right so oh, in sports like there's yeah. yeah and so like team <laughs> sports are a big place that you that you experience group flow right um you have to all be working towards the same goals those the goals you know ostensibly you should all have a similar skill set or uh, level of skill um and the feedback is again the same as it as it was before like are you are you working together mm -hmm. well and that's a reflection of like the score or whatever um so yes i think that there are uh, this is actually one of the least studied areas because team research is really difficult you need a lot of people to mm -hmm. do this but 
there's questions about like, what is team flow? How many people need to be in flow on your team in order for it to be called that, right? Um, yeah. And also if you and I are on the same team and we're sitting at the computer next to each other working on different things and we're both in flow, is that team flow? Yeah. You know, we're doing individual <laughs> tasks or not? So all these right. things are kind of like, you know, yeah. up in the air, but definitely like, I mean, this conversation is 24 minutes already. It doesn't feel like that. So I feel like we yeah. are totally in it right now. Yeah. Uh, if you think about, again, those three pillars, right? People can challenge each other during conversations and really be, uh, you know, on their toes and having to really think through things before the and listening, right? It's a, it's a back and forth. So mm -hmm. I definitely think situations like this and in meetings and things, those are some of the places that I feel flow the most probably, which is probably why I love to do these kinds of things. Oh, but yeah, so everybody needs to come on our podcast to experience. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so true though. It's every single podcast. Mm -hmm. We're just like, oh my gosh, it's already, you know, past time. And it, mm -hmm. it felt like three minutes. Well, I mean, I think that's also like something interesting to think about, like translating to the workplace. A lot of times when we're together, we're solving challenges, things that are tough. And that's great, too. It's necessary. But in these podcasts, it's more of um, the space to like ideate, the space to like talk about something really good and bring it to light. Like it almost has like a different energy. So I wonder mm -hmm. for companies to think about instead of like, oh, let's, you know, work on this to solve this customer issue. And let's talk about this to solve this marketing challenge. Like, okay, let's get on this marketing meeting and think big. Like, what's mm -hmm. the next big story to like things that actually get you energized? And I know you can do that all the time um, because there are other things that need to get done. But I wonder if they're like the kind of the purposeful conversations. Like, I'm trying to really think because I totally agree with you, Maddie. I love like these conversations that we have with our guests like Jared, like they're highlights of my days and my week. Mm -hmm. um, how do we make more of that? And how can people who are not podcast goes call call? hosts and that's the word uh, replicate that and i think it's it's doable yeah i think it's doable i mean even for uh, like meetings right like having an agenda which i don't often do right that can serve as goal <laughs> as like a goal yeah. or goals for the meeting and um you know setting those goals at, at a level again that's like commensurate with people's skill sets yeah. and levels like what are we trying to solve here um i think that's that's yeah, that's actually a great point because we talk often about, you know, did this meeting need to be a meeting? Could it have been an email, you know, mm -hmm. or like sitting in useless meetings where people are just reporting, you know, status on things right. or whatever. But, but the missing piece to those kinds of meetings is that skill challenge balance, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't need any skill to read yeah. status reports, but you do need skill to work through a problem or challenge, you know, whatever um, that's related to the, the work, you know? So just being conscious of the, these three pillars specifically mm -hmm. as they relate to meeting um, constructs, like, you know, meeting structure. Mm -hmm. um, it, and again, it's so funny because it seems so simple, but it also feels like kind of an aha moment. Yeah, I think so too. And I love I love the the framework because it is seems so simple, but actually like each of those pillars has so much research about like how to do each of them well. Um and like they're vague in that like they could encompass kind of like anything that you want to accomplish or do. 
Um, so it makes it really easy to apply within, co you know, like a coaching um, yeah. framework or whatever. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So I, um, with that, we are just about close to time, but I definitely wanted to leave, you know, a, a minute for Jared, if you have like, you know, one big takeaway or it could be more than one, but you know, if you, what do you want people to leave this conversation with? Yeah, I would say if you're like in charge of an organization, like you have the power to facilitate flow for your company by putting some of the things that we talked about in place today. And I would say as an individual, if you're at an organization where flow is not as easy, like there are um, solutions or, or strategies that you can use to get flow more frequently at your work or in your organization. Um, you know, there are limits, like you, I think we were talking about earlier, but, um, you know, you, you do have more power than you think to access these states. And I think that's an important thing to know where, if you feel like yourself, you know, wallowing or feeling just like meh at work, like there are things that you could do to improve the situation. I love it. And of course, the whole reason to be in flow in the first place is because it gives you energy, right? As a as an employee in your work, it gives you energy and purpose and just feels really good and puts a big smile on your face, right? So and it helps, helps make the day go faster too. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's so true. Um, all right, Sonia, any last thoughts from you? I'm just taking it all in, like all <laughs> smiles. So like I, I learned so much. I have, I love Jared. I'm, I'm an IO psychologist too. And so all the principles that you were talking about, I couldn't agree more that they're in some ways so simple and shockingly underutilized. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. I was really happy that you brought it up and in how they relate to flow and really shape it and impact it. So I just feel like I'm just going to, this is my last call for today. So now I can just go and take everything in, process it, and really have some time to to reflect on how to use all of this to, to create more flow in, in my daily routines because it, it is just a, a brilliant place to be. Thank you. I'm here Yay. as a resource anytime you need me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Jared. This was a really great conversation. Thank you both for having me. I'm really excited to be here and I had a great time too.